0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lawyers in the Making podcast. I'm your host, as always, Nate Crespo, and today we have another amazing guest. He's a 2L at Albany Law, holding positions as a student representative at the Themis Bar Review, and a sponsor fellow teaching assistant for federal civil procedure. At Albany Law, he's a sub-editor of the Albany Law Review, Volume 87, and is the Chief Justice of the Phi Alpha Delta Rockefeller COP chapter. Mr. Max Kisak, welcome to the show. How are we doing today?
1: Doing great, Nate. Thanks for having me. It's it's great to be here.
0: Yes. Now, Max, before we get started, and also another question, did I say your last name right?
1: Yeah, Kisak. That's perfect. Wow. Better than most right. people do. So. <laughs>
0: All right. I right. was a little nervous on that. But before we get started, Max, can you introduce yourself to the audience, please?
1: Sure. Well, you did, did a really good job of introducing me, but uh, my name is Max. I'm a 2L at Albany Law. I will be graduating in May 2025. Um, Before law school, I went to UAlbany, and I graduated from there in 2021 with a degree in criminal justice. And before that, I'm a graduate of Washingtonville High School, which is down about hour 45 south of Albany. Um, I didn't really go into college or law school thinking I wanted to be a lawyer into law school. It just kind of happened. And I find myself here now, and this past summer, I worked with the Rensselaer County District Attorney's Office, and then this upcoming summer, I'll be working with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office.
0: All right, all right. So my first question I have for you is, like you said, law school just kind of happened. Can you describe from going from UAlbany, graduating with a degree in criminal justice, why did you choose to go to law school?
1: Sure. So when I graduated, I I graduated college a few years early. Oh, well, not a few years, one year. So I graduated in 2021 and I came in in 2018. So all my friends were still in college. A lot of my peers were still in college. So I was kind of like the odd man out. And I also didn't really know what I wanted to do with my degree. And it was also I was coming out, you know, right during the height of the pandemic, you know, 2021, 2020. I really kind of didn't have that much of a college experience just because COVID, I had a year and a half of real college, a year and a half of virtual college, Zoom University. And so I kind of came out of that, you know, not really knowing what I wanted to do, not really knowing what I could do. There was a lot of uncertainty. And then law school had always been something kind of boiling at the back of my mind. I never really wanted to commit just because I thought, you know, I don't come from a family with lawyers. I don't come from family who knows lawyers so i'm like oh you have to be one of those people to get into school to but you really don't and i kind of realized that and so i just it gave me something to do it, i'm someone who's very purpose-driven like task oriented so i have to find something for myself that i can kind of focus on and then kind of uh chase that and for me law school just became that it thing so once i decided that that was probably um probably about uh, like July of the summer after I graduated in May, it was probably about July or um, August. I really started to, you know, hit the books. I enrolled in an LSAT prep course. I started getting ready for the LSAT and then it was just on from there. And I was fortunate enough to get accepted into Albany law. And now here I am.
0: <laughs> so you had, you had also, you're taken a year between when you graduated undergraduate to when you actually got the law school, right? Yes. Okay. So obviously it was due to your uncertainty that you did take that year. Now, why did you choose Albany Law? Was it just this was the college next to you, Albany, or was it a little more than that? How, like, you know, talk me through the application process a
1: little. Sure. So my heart was set in New York City originally when I was applying to law schools. I was applying primarily to, you know, like the St. John's, the NYUs, the Brooklyn Laws, New York Laws. And I sent out um, a handful of applications and Albany Law was like my one school that was kind of my upstate school that I wasn't really um, it wasn't probably it wasn't my top choice at the time I was applying. But then as I kind of, you know, as I heard back, as I kind of try to establish, assess the brass tacks of things, how expensive law school in the city would be, how expensive living in the city would be and then versus. All the opportunities, all the connections I still had up in Albany, it kind of became more of a balancing thing. And it didn't really just become, you know, St. John's, uh, Brooklyn Law, Cardozo, Albany Law. It kind of became New York City versus Albany. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the turning point for me. And then I actually visited Albany Law and I just I had a, I had a great time. I really did. It, it just felt like it felt very um, community oriented. It was a bit of a smaller school. I think Albany Law, my class now is probably like half the size of my high school class. so it's super weird. I've never had that before. and then obviously going to U Albany, there's a lot of people. So that was definitely something that was really unique for me. and they just made a they made a good a good offer for me financially. It made good financial sense to come here. And I just had a strong foundation, you know, coming out of U Albany, I still had connections. I still had friends in the area. It was an area I was familiar with and I didn't really know if I was you know coming out of the pandemic. I didn't really know if I wanted to get reacclimated to a completely new environment on top of getting completely reacclimated to higher education and law school. So Albany Law for like it was a lot of you see in law school or in like pre-law, there's all the balancing tests and all that different factors way cutting this way. So it really it did come down to that. It came to a lot of balancing factors and Albany law went out. And now I'm here and I don't regret my decision for a second. I'm I'm having a great time up here.
0: Well, I love to hear that you're not regretting your decision. It's usually not a good thing when you are regretting your decision. But before, before, because I, because obviously, what, what's fresh in your mind is that first year. But before we get to that, you said a word twice. You said connections. You said it twice. Can you describe the importance of networking for the audience, please?
1: Sure. So, um, just for the, there's really. Networking is really big in any sort of humanities, um, any sort of people oriented profession, just because it's how you meet people. It's it's how people get jobs, you know, network yourself into jobs. That's a real thing in the legal field. You meet the right person. They can really help you out. But for me, what that looked like was, you know, meeting people in undergrad, getting involved in student organizations on campus, getting involved in extracurriculars, getting involved with, you um, internship programs like for example i was involved in the new york state assembly internship program and i still talk with a few of my peers from that program and just the connections in that field were just so everybody just makes it so much easier because if you have a question you have someone to turn to it's not like because a lot of people don't come from backgrounds with built-in lawyers built-in you know higher education people with degrees from higher education so it's really important to make those kind of connections for yourself and once you do it more, the easier it becomes. I kind of struggled with that at first, just because I thought, you know, asking someone for advice, asking someone what their job was like, it almost felt disingenuous. And in a sense, it it kind of is a bit disingenuous, but everybody understands it's a game and you have to play it. And once you realize that and you feel comfortable in your own shoes doing that, it becomes much easier. But it's just, it's so important. This is a people field. It's a people business. And you can have all the right marks you can have all the great experiences but at the end of the day once you get into that interview if you don't really connect with the people that are interviewing you and then there is another candidate whose credentials maybe aren't as stellar as yours but they're able to connect better with the interviewees or with the culture of the workplace then that can put a leg up so it definitely is um it's a big thing and it's it's easy to work on it's easy to improve and people you will find more often or not are are willing to connect with you. They're willing to talk to you, especially lawyers. Like, can't get me to shut up. You can't get any lawyers to stop. People (laughs) love talking in this field. So once you get them going, everything just becomes super easy. And it's super important for anything in the law field and school. And also for applying into law school, you need recommendation letters. So and the recommendation letters, if you get a good letter, it goes a long way. So that's another really important piece for people thinking about law school is to start thinking about forging. You know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to connect with everyone. You don't have to connect with all of your professors. Find a professor that you really connect with on a, you know, on a genuine level that you really get along with, you really like how they think, how they operate. And just know, like, keep in the back of your mind, if law school is in the folds or any sort of higher education, you're going to need someone who's going to come up to bat for you when you ask them. So make sure that they remember you, make sure you make a good impression. And you need, I think for most schools require three letters of recommendation. So it's always good to have at least three, you know, whether it's uh, a previous employer, professors, they really, I believe most schools require you to have a letter of rec from a professor. So that's really important to kind of have a professor to be close with. But so that's just the importance of connection, not for just getting in the door, but also, you know, kind of figuring out what you're going to do once you get in the door and you're in the house, you know, which way to go, which rooms to go to, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think you said a couple of great things right there. You said it's a game and you have to play it. And I might frame that honestly. Uh, <laughs> and and obviously you 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 had said you struggled at first. Um, I always hear people say you always got to get the reps in. Uh, yeah. You always got to just go up to people, start talking to them. You know, get break break kind of that nervous barrier that because I, I I myself. I'm, I'm a little anxious person sometimes. So I definitely felt that at first. Um, and like you said, like it feels disingenuous. It's like, you know, why, why would I even, you know, reach out to this person? Why would they even want to talk to me? I'm just some undergraduate student or I'm just some law student. Um, so that, that's really important what you're saying there and, and getting it out there. Cause I think people do kind of get very nervous and get very worked up, you know, walking up to people, uh, especially professionals in their field. But from from my own experience, they've always been willing to help. They've always been willing to answer my questions, and you know, for for those of people who have helped me, I'm very grateful for them. Um, yes, but yes. let's 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 talk about the traumatic experience. I'm so sorry. Uh, the <laughs> first year for you was last year, so it's very fresh in your yeah. memory. And this is what I want to key in on because it's it, you know you got it right there. Can can you tell us about when you first arrived? Just go through.
1: Sure. So the first time when you first arrive they have orientation it's just like really any other school it kind of changes from year to year but that was really kind of the wake-up call because you get there you have a reading assignments for orientation before classes even start and then when you're in orientation your actual first week class assignments start coming out so it's like oh you think you're ready you think you're ready you think you're ready but you're not ready until you actually get there and you sit down and then like you get cold called in orientation and it's like <laughs> it's not it's not anything serious like no one's going to ask you oh what does section 1983 of the united states code say and it's not it's nothing like that it'll be like oh um you know it, it's it's like icebreakers and stuff like that but it definitely is uh it's a lot to get used to and you got to get used to it quick it's really sink or swim those first couple of days, there's a, but I mean, that sounds a little brutal. It's not that bad. You have all these people around you, everybody's in the same boat and you're all paddling together through the first, you know, couple of days. And then as everybody kind of gets into their own rhythm, you know, people find themselves, they find their places, but it's definitely unique law school. There's not much like it that I, well, I don't have much to experience, but like compared to college or high school, it's, Completely different ballgame. You know, you're expected a lot more to do a lot more. You're expected to be a lot more. And a lot of people don't have those expectations of themselves. And they really kind of that's like the scary part because you're like, oh, my God, these people are asking me to do these insane things. And then what really helped me get past that is like, oh, just remember, be aware that you are the one who put yourself here. You know, it's not like they picked you out, put you in a chair, told you to read 100 pages of torts for Wednesday. You put yourself in that position, you're paying for it. So that always kind of helped me with the first year. But the biggest challenge for me, um, honestly, was going back to, you know, Zoom University. It was a COVID baby, all that stuff, was getting re-acclimated, not just to, um, you know, law school is a lot to get used to at first, just with the nature of the course material. It's a beast in and of itself. But also, like, getting adjusted to school again, to not having Zoom classes, to, having to wake up 30 minutes before class to actually physically be in the classroom. That was something that was a bit of a challenge to me because I came, I became very complacent over my last year and a half of college. Uh, I got used to it, waking up at like 8.55 for a 9 a.m. class, stuff like that. <laughs> and that stuff does not fly in law school. But it was that was probably the thing, It's it's a learning curve. And some people learn quicker than others, but the bottom line is everybody does learn and you learn at your own pace. And that's perfectly OK. And even in law school, it works out. So
0: what I want to ask now is from what I recall, I remember let, now uh, for the audience out there, they don't know that I, I've i known Max since last year because he he came to our panel for five without that he came to our panel and spoke to us. And I remember I remember this. You said it. You said when you were in college and undergraduate, you printed out all of the syllabuses and you put it on your wall and you can't see it, unfortunately, but above my laptop are all my syllabuses oh, yeah. taped on the wall. I took it from you. Oh, I, remember, right on, man. I was like, because it was such a good idea. I was like, I oh, never right thought of that. So I had to do it. So what I wanted to ask from that now is in, in, in uh, law school in your first year, how did you manage your time? And how do you ensure you were getting all your readings done in time, but still actually living your life as well?
1: Sure. So that was probably also going back to the first question, one of probably the other biggest challenge for me for law school, because it's just in that sort of environment where so much is asked of you and you have to do so much, you feel like you're constantly on the clock. You feel like you should never be sitting still. You should never be enjoying your life. You should never be doing any of that. And it's, it's very frightening and it's very overwhelming. You're like, oh my God, I could be rereading this case and then rereading that case and you know, pulling the rules, pulling the facts from this. But you don't have to, it doesn't have to be like that. I am living proof that it does not have to be like that. And when I got like that, when I felt myself kind of spiraling out, feeling like I was outside of control, a tip that someone gave to me was treat it like a job. You know, nine to five, you're on. So nine o'clock to 12 o'clock, And, you know, classes are factored into that, too. But it's like when you're out of class, okay, head to the library, knock out some reading for the next day or, you know, the next class and then take your lunch break, take your 15 minute break and then at five o'clock, clock out and you're done. Go, you know, go for a walk, go work out, go read a book, go play basketball with friends, stuff like that. And so that when I felt like things were becoming a lot, I would kind of lean on that A lot and that helped me a lot because it just you know it puts everything in perspective it's like this is this is a job you are a student a student is a full-time job and a full-time job is 40 plus hours a week so you put in the time and then you will see that you will see your efforts bear fruits and it's just uh it's just controlled chaos law school is chaos and that is a way to control it and also just like exercise for me was a really big um release for that and getting involved in student orgs i'm very involved here on campus And that is a way where it's not like, it's not like passive time. So for me, I don't really want to be like sitting watching TV, because that to me is like, for some people, that's great. Sometimes I do need to watch TV. But I'd rather be doing something where it's like, you're not doing schoolwork, but you're still doing something to kind of help yourself. And that's like making connections, you know, meeting people, helping your school, helping your community. And also, it just like makes you feel like little acts of kindness, acts of service, they make you feel good about yourself. And top of like, obviously not why we do them we do them to help but you know a silver lining is they make you feel good and they also make you feel more in control and it's just that's the the scariest thing about law school is you feel like these next three years of my life are not going to be mine at all I'm going to be you know these professors are going to run my life and it's not like that it's so easy to feel that way but it's also so easy to kind of take back control so what I would do is I treat it like a job and then I would hold myself to that I wouldn't go past it because I didn't want to, you know spiral out again that's not a, it's not a good feeling
0: <laughs> yeah re- really really good points there treating it like a job seems to be very very important but you had mentioned you're very involved on campus i have the whole list here you're the chief justice okay. of file for delta albany law You're which is the president right isn't that the president yeah okay, yeah. okay. okay. Yeah, pretty so president right. look at that he's the president Vice President of Albany Law Democrats, Secretary of Italian-American Law Student Association. He's a member of the Student Bar Association Ethics Committee, and he's also on the Albany Law Men's Rugby Football Club. Can you tell us about how important it is? I know you said it a little bit, but dive a little deeper into, you know, why joining all this stuff was important for you and why do you think it, it'd be important for others?
1: Yeah, so it's how... Um... It's just good. You know, it helps you meet a lot of people in school because in law school, at least at Albany Law, you have three sections of people that you have literally every class with. So outside of those three sections of people, which is around, I'm going to say like 60-ish people, you don't see really anyone else at all. So extracurriculars, at least at Albany Law, gave me an opportunity to kind of meet people outside my section, meet people with similar interests to me, and also just kind of get connected with people at the school. You know, it's Even your classmates one day, like you could be in court one day and then the judge comes out and it's someone who sat behind you in torts. It's someone who sat across the road from you in contracts like you never know. It's such a especially up in Albany and upstate New York. It's such a small community and the legal community is a microcosm of that. So it's even smaller. So you never know. You never want to rub someone the wrong way. It's good to know as many people as you can foster connections with as many people as you can. Doesn't have to be, you know. It, you don't have to be best friends with everyone, because that you can't do that. No one can. But if you know someone, you know you smile at them in the hallway, and then like maybe you see him in court one day, and you forget to, I don't know, you forget to submit a motion on time, and you need an extension, and then they're willing to grant that to you just because they know they know what you're about, they know you're a genuine person, they know you're a kind person, and also it just. You know, especially men's rugby, you know, shameless plug for men's rugby, only <laughs> law school with a rugby team in the country. Wow. So, yeah, we're number one because we're the only one. But that's, <laughs> that's besides the point. But stuff like that, it's a great it's a great environment to be around because everyone wants the same thing. They just want, you know, a release. They want an avenue for them to kind of take their mind off school, but also do something positive. And that's kind of what extracurriculars were for me.
0: It, it seems to be a bit of a... A, a bit of a shared trauma in a good way. Like, you yeah. know, like you said, you know, we're all in, we're all in the same boat here. Yeah. Uh, I I think that that is really interesting. And it's obviously very important. I, I'm like, even an undergraduate, I'm very involved now. But when when I plan on going to law school, I would definitely be looking to be just as involved because, you know, I like I like meeting people. I like talking to people. And like you said, you don't have to be the best friends I'm not best friends with everyone in every organization. But you know, just for namesake, like you said, in the future, you know, I could meet him again, you know, they could be my judge. And it's like, Oh, wow. It's like, I hope you're helping me now. Yeah. Um, so so your experience, you were a legal intern at Rensselaer DA, you go into Manhattan DA. What I ask is, do you have any idea what you want to do with your legal degree?
1: Well, it seems like you really want me to say DA. And it seems like I really want to see DA or prosecution or something like that. But I'm I'm really not too sure yet. Nothing's really off the table for me yet. Just it's that's the beauty of law school where it's not as rigid as undergraduate or college, junior college. You don't have to declare it to a major. There's no majors. You get a JD and that's that. No colors on it, no special stripes, nothing. It's a JD and a JD is a JD is a JD. The people who are doing... You know, they're moving stocks on Wall Street at one of the big firms in the city, have the same degree as someone who's defending, who's a public defender. So I don't really know what I want to do. I like having the idea of a lot of options. And that's partly one of the main reasons why I chose to work with the Manhattan D.A.s over the summer, because I know that prosecution is a potential career for a field for me. And I wanted to be able to do that at the highest level possible. And It seemed like Manhattan D.A. for the options that I had. For next summer was the place to do that so it's important in your career choices to not limit yourself to kind of have and there's a lot of transferable transferable skills you know from if you're in like the rensselaer county da this past summer i had the opportunity to kind of speak on the record to um kind of be an attorney for you know for the time that i was there and those developed a lot of transferable skills you know it's good for if you want to do civil litigation They really like to see that you've been in a courtroom, you've been on the record. You know, if you like to do transactional work, which is like, um, you know, inking contracts and making deals behind the scenes and stuff, not really being in court day to day, that they like to see that you have done research. So it's important to kind of not really look at the title of the career that you have, but kind of what it can offer you and what you can offer for them. Um, but to answer your overall question, I don't, I'm not really sure yet. I really do like, I know there's not a specific area of law, like criminal property contracts, business that's super, that is super interesting to me, but I know I do like being in the courtroom and that there's certain, uh, areas of the law predisposed to getting you into the courtroom and criminal law just happens to be one of them. Cause that's a very trial heavy, um, you know, hearing heavy area of the law field of practice. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards now, just because I know I am someone who does want to be in the courtroom, who wants to handle trials, who wants to be in front of juries. And that seems kind of like the best place to get that as a young attorney.
0: You said I wanted you to say DA, I actually didn't. I wanted no answer, just like you said, because I'm the same exact way. I have no yeah. idea. I spent like six months last year trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I it was it was it was it was a, it was a great time because I got absolutely nowhere and i ended up talking to one of my friends um who was in law school he was at 3l and mm-hmm. he and i asked him, i was like what do you want to do and he's like oh i don't know and i was like what do you mean yeah. <laughs> um so it was kind of, it was a mind blowing ex- it was a mind blowing experience cuz i was like mm-hmm. you know like like you said you, you're not really sure but it's totally fine it is totally yeah. okay if you don't know what you want to do and it's it's comforting for a lot of people too cuz i always have people asking me and that's kind of why i made this podcast was like, oh, like, well, I don't know what I want to do. And I'm kind of freaking out about it. And it's like, well, you're a junior in college. It's like that. It shouldn't, <laughs> it shouldn't be a priority. But you think it would be. You think it would. Yeah. Um. So, you know, th- thank you for saying that. Because yeah, think for a lot of people, it's a big misconception of like, you have yes. to know, you have to know, you have to know. But it's really through experience that you really find out if you want to do it. or not. like you said, like you love being in a courtroom and, if, you know, you worked at the, the Rensselaer DA, uh, County DA office. And if you didn't get to try that, you would have never known. So I yeah. think that that's another important thing that I took away from what you said, but something else that uh, I'd like to zoom in on a little bit, you talked about transferable skills. So can you talk a little bit about uh, the skills you gained in law school or the skills you gained from your internship and, you know, how that has helped you and even skills that you have now that, you know, help you during your time in law school.
1: Sure. So, uh, first year, probably the biggest takeaway from the classes themselves, I'm going to say is close reading ability, because now, especially being a sub-editor on a journal it's all close reading. That's the, it's the name of the game. It's what the job is as a sub editor. You go through citations and you read each letter. You make sure if a comma should be italicized, you make sure it's italicized. If a period should be between N and Y, you make sure it's between N and Y and not behind Y and stuff like that. So that was probably the biggest area I improved in was my close reading ability. Um, just because it you have to, you really do if you want to get like you could read a case and then a professor will ask you questions on it, and you'll be like, oh my God, I have no idea what you're talking about. But you read what you read the material, but you didn't read it closely. So there's like when I say close reading, it's like to kind of pick out the significant things, like what is important in this case, like which facts are important. And you just learn that just from hearing questions being asked in class, seeing what's being asked on exams you kind of get an idea of what you have to read for. And then that improves your close reading ability, which helps you everything. It helps you everywhere it helps you when you read in the morning paper, anything like that, but especially helps you in law school, especially if you do have hopes of being a um, being on a journal, uh, being a transactional lawyer, where you're going to be dealing with forming contracts, going over contracts, going over documents, you really need to be able to read closely, you know, if there's a if there's a word missing in one sentence, that could be, depending on the word, that could change everything. So that's probably the biggest takeaway from the academic side, from the practical side, from my experiences working, I'd say, uh, comfortability, handling, um, handling real world stuff. Because when you're in college, when you're in high school, you don't really have a chance, you know, it's all kind of make believe, it'll be like mock trials, it'll be um, you know, oh, do like this practice. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. It's good to have, but it's nothing like the real thing. I've done them both, and I can tell you that when you're in the real thing and you have someone's freedom, their liberty, hanging literally at your fingertips, it is completely different. So once you're able to kind of get past that and realize that, hey, I have a big responsibility here, it kind of helps you realize more that you get you get a lot, you get very comfortable, and that's a good thing because it's not. I was super scared. The first time I was going to appear on the record, it was in Troy city court and I was scared. And all I had to do was literally offer someone who was charged with, um, speeding five miles over or something. I just had to offer them a parking ticket. That was what I was going to do. I was offering them a deal to plead down to a parking ticket. And that was, I was so nervous. I've never been that nervous before in my life, but once I did it, I just felt so much better. I felt more confident in myself. I felt more comfortable. And so that was probably the biggest takeaway, realizing that because in school, school is one thing. You can learn, you can do all this, but you actually have to put not just the school side to work, but the practical side. Because law school is both; it's academic and it's practical. You have to learn how to talk the talk. You also have to learn how to to talk about what you're going to be talking about. <laughs> talking about you have to know it, and then you have to be able to communicate that with people. So I think that's the beauty, the kind of the dichotomy of law school and the beauty of it. And I'd say that it, you get. You don't really have a complete law school experience until you go through at least some practical and some academic.
0: I love the honesty. I love the raw emotion you're telling us right now, the, the nervousness you felt. Um, I think everyone's felt that in some way, shape or form. Uh, but the true story of it is it makes it so much better uh, You because know, you broke through that barrier. And you know now you feel much more comfortable doing those things. And I think for people out there listening who may be going going through that same kind of internship, going through that same kind of experience, you know, sometimes like, I don't know who said it. I don't know who said it, but they always say the only way is through. And, you know, for you, clearly that was true. Oh, mm. um, that rhymed too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> unintentional, unintentional. Um, so it's great to hear that. But I want to go back to being a sub-editor. Um, the Albany Law Review. Can you talk about that a little bit, how you got that position? Um, you know, what you feel is important about it? What, why you like doing it, you know?
1: Sure. So um, I don't know. I can't really speak how other schools handle their sub-editing process or being placed on a journal. But at Albany Law School, there's something called the Write-On competition. And that takes place uh, right after finals ends. Like the last day of finals, you maybe have like four days to enjoy life, enjoy completing your first year of law school, excuse me. And then you have uh, the write-on competition. And what that is, is you get like a mock, um, it's like a mock article and you have to sub-edit it. So what that means is sub-editing is just, I kind of touched on it before a little bit. It's, you get footnotes for a scholarly article, a piece of scholarship, on a range of subjects it really depends most of them are from members of the legal community legal scholars things like that and you get like footnotes 1 through 15. so your job is to read through the article read the text the sentence will say the sky is blue and then it's footnote one and then it'll cite to a source and then you click on that source and you say okay this source says right here the sky is blue so it's verified it's just making sure people aren't spreading misinformation People are stating things that are factually true, you know, things that are supportable and but sometimes there's nothing there. Sometimes it'll be a big old F.A. And that means find authority. So that means you have to look, you have to do some research and you have to find a source that can support that proposition. And that's so being a sub editor is just very close reading. And it's also fixing citations. Citations in the legal field are governed by something called the blue book. Mm -hmm. It's like MLA or APA Chicago style, but it's specific for legal documents Mm -hmm. and legalese. So you have to also make sure that the citations are in accordance with the blue book. The blue book's probably like an inch and a half thick. It's got a ton of stuff in it and you got to know it. You got to look through the whole thing. Make sure that everything is italicized. That should be everything is punctuation. That should have punctuation. And then so that's kind of what you do for the write on competition. You get a fake journal article fake sources, and you kind of look through, and you try to put a sub edit together. And a sub edit is just a comment on each footnote, you have to say, okay, the source that this author cited states x, which supports their proposition, because it says the same thing. And then you cite the rules from the blue book that you used to kind of form the citation. And so the write on competition is that you have about five days to complete it. And then once you complete it, they'll let you know, if they want you or not. Well, there's three journals here at Albany Law. There's Government Law Review, Science and Technology Law Review. And then there's the Albany Law Review. I'm on the Albany Law Review. Mm -hmm. And there's also a grade on aspect. So if you are grading in the top 10% of your class, then you automatically get a spot on any journal you want. So if you are in the top 10% of your class, you get an email saying, congratulations, you've made it to the top 10. You have any pick of any of these journals and then you get to pick which one you're on. And then alternatively, they also select outside the top 10% based on your, um, your fake, the write-on. So the people who are on the top 10%, they get an email the day after the write-on concludes. So it's kind of annoying because literally everyone has to do the write-on, even the kid who's number one in the class, because the write-on is due the day before grades come out. And that's how, my, it's my understanding that's how it's been. That's how it was for me last year. And so you have to do it regardless. So people who are thinking they're going to skate by on their grades, you still have to do it. And it's a gamble if you don't. I mean, you could if you're really confident, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I would not recommend that. <laughs> and then so once you, you can either grade on or you can get selected from your submission from the right on competition. And then so you get, it's my understanding that these some not, you may get offers from some journals, you may get offers from one journal, it kind of depends. But if you grade on, if you're in the top ten percent of your class, you can choose any journal, and then your write-on kind of dictates where you'll get an invitation from. If you do not grade on, if that kind of makes sense, it had to be explained to me like five times before it kind of it kind of stuck in. So that was a crash course. Let me know how I'm doing here. Is that <laughs> does that? No, it
0: sounds. Um, I I understand that at least. Um, okay. it, it sounds very interesting. the The editing process sounds like a bit of a puzzle kind of thing. You, you know, you got to make yeah. sure, that, and it seems like a lot of flipping through pages. I actually, and the citations as well. I I did have a little bit of experience with that over the summer. I worked at um the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office. Uh, I, I did a lot of uh, citations and stuff because I would help out with some legal memos and stuff. But it was very interesting doing that stuff. It really synced into my head, like, you know, it's New York State and then it's, you know, it's the number and then I think it's another number. Insight, yeah. And then it's the case name itself. So it's like, you know, whatever be whatever. See, I, yeah. I still kind of remember it, which is a little crazy. But it was explained to me in detail. Thank thank I'm thankful for the people at uh, that was in the asset forfeitures department. Very thankful for those people because they really sat me down for like an hour and was like, I'm just gonna teach you how to cite how to cite things. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. all right, let's do it. So you know, you get the whole whiteboard out, whole 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 thing. But yeah. I did learn a lot doing it. And he's like, You're gonna know that have to know this anyway. So I was like, All right. But uh well, you know. Going back to your current law school experience right now, what's been your favorite part?
1: Uh, hmm. My favorite part has probably been the friendships that I've made. I've had the opportunity to meet a um, ton of people at the school through, you know, extracurricular involvement and just from just from being around. It's a small school. You know, I have a class of about 170 people. So I I want to say I recognize most faces and I actually know the names of a decent amount of people, which I'm proud of because i've always been terrible with names so i'm trying to get that's one of my isms in law school i'm trying to get better with names and uh, i'm 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 reporting you know some success marginal success but we're getting there and so that's probably probably the best part is the friendships and not just with you know peers with other students but with the faculty and the staff like the everyone here is so friendly you know the professors you can go up to them after class ask them questions talk about life I asked my professors how their kids are doing. You know, how was the soccer game the other day? Is your kid still sick? Like, how's your dog? Stuff like that. And the the staff as well, like, we're good friends because if you're on the student, uh, if you hold leadership positions in student groups, you have to uh, submit requests for events and you have to kind of make sure everything's going smoothly during those events. So you get to know, like, the security guards, the cleaning staff, um, the administrative services, the IT department. And everyone here is so, so nice. And it's such a pleasure to meet them because it's, you know, you're going to be doing hard work in law school and it would make it that much harder if the people around you were not nice. But the fact that you are surrounded with nice people, with good people, it just makes everything so much easier. And it honestly just makes such more of a pleasant environment to be around just because you know, you know, you're going to be coming to school, you know, it's going to be hard, but you got your friend to your right. You got your friend to your left. And even if you're not friendly with people, they're a friendly face. So there's tons of support, tons of kind people, always a kind word to be had, to be said. So that's probably been my favorite part of the school so far. That's
0: great to hear. There's a lot of people who listen to this podcast, I think, and they're mostly from the Albany area. So, you know, all all of this great stuff about Albany law will definitely benefit them it will definitely have a lot more people coming their way now that they hear you know friendly faces all over the place <laughs> which is great to hear from myself um i was in yeah. like three three program but i i left so okay uh, but i can't i won't count it out i won't count all the new lie out since oh, i'm okay. hearing all this good stuff uh but back to kind of your relationships with the faculty it, it almost seemed, I mean, you're asking them about their, their children's soccer games. So you seem to have somewhat of a close relationship and almost posing as a mentor. Can you kind of talk about what mentorship means to you?
1: Yeah. So um, that's because there's some people that, you know, you'll go up and they'll be like, oh, will you be my mentor? And then it's like, oh, I'm their mentee. They're my mentor. I'm not one for putting labels on things. I kind of go up to, because I know. It's it's kind of wishful thinking to think that you're gonna have one person who can answer every single question you have about everything. That's that's why there's different professors that teach different classes. It's because no one has all the answers. So it's really nice to be able to communicate with a few good professors. Uh, well, all the professors. I don't mean good in that. You know, they're good at their job. Right? Everyone here, they're here because they're good at their job. They're good at connecting with students. They know what they're teaching. I mean, good, like for you, like you guys are compatible is a good word for it. So I think looking for that first compatibility, someone who um, has similar interests to you, someone who has uh, a path that's similar to yours, it's good to find that. And then mentorship is just, you know, asking them, hey, what classes do you think I should take? Hey, I have this opportunity, but I'm also, uh, you know, I'm torn up between going to city X versus city Z. Like, what do you think I should do here? What are some things that I'm not thinking of that you possibly are? And that's just really with like your classmates as well. Like people, you get in your head a lot and it's easy to think of things one way, but there's a million perspectives out there. And that's the biggest thing for mentorship for me is getting that perspective of someone who's been there, done that. So whether that's, you know, an older student, a professor, um, a dean, anybody like that. And everybody here is so willing and able to kind of give you help. It's not saying that, oh, I'm going to be your mentor and we're gonna meet every Tuesday at three o'clock to discuss your progress. There are programs like that available at Albany Law School. If that's something that interests you, that's definitely something you could do, but that's just not how I operate. I like to have a lot of people at my disposal that I can reach out for if I think, you know, I'm looking at something in the family law sector and I know the professor that teaches family law, so I'll go to them naturally with the questions. And they can kind of coach me up or mentor me on some things. So I think mentorship is honestly kind of the first thing I look for, and that is someone who's been there before, who's not who you know, who's done it, or who knows someone who's done it or is intimately familiar with how it should be done. That's kind of what I look for first, and then just asking them, you know, like what am I missing here? What am I not thinking of? Um, and then what what would you do if you were in this situation? And it's always good to hear a different perspective. And for me, that's the best part of mentorship is hearing the perspective of someone who has experience and who's really, you know, been there before you and is there to help.
0: The guidance aspect is is very is very important, like you said, in in making decisions and and kind of because, you know, we're kind of as as someone as a law student who has no experience in the field, we're kind of just like chickens running around without our heads. (laughs) So you know we we can't really uh, so to to have someone to help navigate and as well I I'm not one for labels as well Um, but if you do there's nothing wrong with it Uh, I'm I'm not for that I love having people uh, you know at my disposal and you know having people for specific things like you said the family law professor using him to you know figure out get those connections. Uh, so I think, you know, just having a wide array and it very much goes back to networking, you know, this person knows that person who knows another person. Um, you know, I I, I think I, I think I said in a previous episode, your your network is your net worth. Someone said that sometime in history. Um, but this is more this is more of a question for me that I have to ask you, because I have it written down. And I don't know why, but now I remembered. You were you did security for Allied uh Universal. Yep. Did you where did you do security at? I just I would like to ask.
1: Um, so this was during my gap year, like 2021 to 2022. Actually, I don't even think I made it until 2022. I think uh I was just there from like June to December. And I worked in the Woodbury Commons, which oh, is like uh okay. hour four hour fifty south of Albany, hour forty-five. And it's big for people who don't know. It's a big shop. I'm sure. Do you know, Nate?
0: I've never I've never heard of it.
1: No. Oh, really. Wood, not Woodbury, Long Island. Wood, there's another Woodbury. Yay, and yeah, no, state. I... yeah. And it's like a big, there's all sorts of stores. There's like, I was working at like, I had the, um, it was called like the luxury route. So I would work at, oh, you know, wow. one day I'd be at Givenchy, another day I'd be at Montclair. <laughs> and I was, uh, I was terrible. I just stand at the door <laughs> and, you know, just look at people all day. And it was, I would have to. You know, do crowd control too, which sucked. I would have to like let people in, let people out. And, you know, people who want to buy, who came from two hours away to buy a Montcleric jacket, they don't want to be told they can't yeah, come in yet. Yeah, no, so no. Not. <laughs> I'm definitely more happy here than I was in, with Allied Universal. <laughs> yeah,
0: I just had to ask because um, I, I, I do, I'm a process server. So, you know, okay. I, I serve papers all the time uh, and I have to go to yeah. uh, 99 Washington Avenue, shout out my people at the secretary of state, but the security guards, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm friends with them now. Cause I'm going for three years and I always see their jacket and it says allied universal. So I oh, just yeah? had to ask, cause I thought you worked in that building, but now I realize it's wow. a very big conglomerate company and they're all over wow. New York. This is, this yeah. is, the, this is new news to me, but I really just had to ask. Um, yeah. but a little more of a personal question for you. So when you're not in law school, you know, doing your thing, doing your work, what does an ideal Sunday morning or an ideal Friday night look for Max?
1: Uh, an ideal Friday night. Uh, ju- It depends. It depends the kind of week that I've had. If I've had, you know, a really busy week where I've had like events, you know, almost every night and I've been at school to like 11 each night. Then a good Friday night for me looks like, you know, staying in, uh, reading a book, watching. I really like to. It's kind of bad because I don't. It doesn't really work on focus, but I like to read a book and also have something playing in the background. Like I'll have like Jersey Shore or some kind of mindless show playing in the yeah. background. I'll be reading, and then just to have the background noise, I'll look up. But I don't really get anything done because I'm just half reading the book, half watching TV, which is very bad. It's not good. Not good for your focus. <laughs> and then, um. On a nun, on a Sunday, on a Friday night where I'm not really where I've had kind of a good week, you know, I'll hang out with friends. We'll go, you know, we'll go grab dinner and then we'll go, you know, uh, hang out at somebody's house, watch movies, you know, just kind of lay back and we make sure we talk about anything besides school. We always make a point of that, which is nice. And then a Sunday morning. um I've been taking, I've been doing the one day off a week strategy as of late. But now that we get to finals, I don't really think I'm going to have that luxury anymore. So Saturdays have been my day off for the past few weeks. But so Sundays, I usually get, you know, kind of a late start. Uh, I like to lay in bed, you know, go on my phone a little bit, check the weather, look at whatever. And then I'll get up, I'll make a cup of coffee, I'll sit out in the sun for a little bit. And then I kind of saunter my way over to campus and I get a slow start on the day. Uh, But that, yeah, no, no football. Unfortunately, I kind of, I check my fantasy scores on the side, stuff like that. Uh, Always got to, but yeah, it's, it's not too bad. It's not a bad life. It is not a bad life at all. I'm very fortunate to be in the position that I am. I love the Jersey shore reference.
0: One of my favorite shows ever. Great show, Really, really one of my favorite shows. Captivating. Cute. some yeah, people don't like totally. it like, how could you not how could you not i i still, <laughs> remember, so I, still re- I still remember when they went to italy and there was the big fight i was in like fifth grade and my whole family it was like a family event we'd all sit down and watch the drink <laughs> and it was so much fun and i was like oh my like how could anyone hit the show um yeah. but before we wrap up here the the final segment the words of wisdom Max, what do you have? What are your words of wisdom for those aspiring law students and even the current law students, even attorneys out there?
1: Um, Biggest piece of advice is don't be afraid and don't be afraid to, you know, the biggest thing for me is to ask people what they got going on, like to reach out to an attorney at a firm you're interested in and be like, hey, do you like it here? Like, what's the culture like? Do people wave to each other when they come in in the morning? stuff like that. It's not, don't be afraid to ask, you know, because a lot of people you will find a lot of people are willing to help. A lot of people want to help. They just don't have a medium to kind of affect that. Like they want to do good things, but there's not really an opportunity. But people, if you present them with something like that, they are more than willing to help, especially in this legal community. People know what it's like. They've been in your shoes. They know it's, it's a grind and you need a friend. Everybody needs a friend. You need Someone to kind of show you the light sometimes. So don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to reach out to students, you know, other law students, you know, three l's, two ls, whoever, don't be afraid because what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen is someone says no or they don't answer you at all. And really, that's not that's not that bad. That's a lot or well, some people can be a little mean, but they're few, <laughs> they're few <laughs> and far between. So the worst thing that people could say most of the time is just no, so don't be afraid, you know, Reach out to someone, reach out to the firm you're interested in applying in. Apply to all these firms. It's not, an application is never a waste of time. It's always, even if you don't think you have a shot, you always do. There's always a chance for something. And even if you're not, you know, you don't get the job, you still submitted an application. That's still something you can say you did. Something that you can say, hey, I've been here before. I've been in this position before. So just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to apply to whatever job you want. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Just follow, you know, follow yourself, follow like what you're feeling in the moment and kind of chase that, explore it. And then if it's a dead end, it's a dead end. Find something else. That's what life's all about. So just don't be afraid to, you know, reach out to people, find new things, find new things you enjoy. Don't be afraid to take time for yourself and don't be afraid of applying to law school because once you do it, once you're in, that's all that matters. It's a grind to get here. But then once you're here, you're here. So don't be afraid.
0: It's better to do it than not do it at all.
1: Well, Max, thank
0: you for coming on. And for everyone out there tuning in, thank you for listening. And I will see you in the next one.